This podcast is sponsored by JHS. JHS has a solution to meet any project you may have. From small residential all the way through to high-end commercial, JHS has a hand-picked commercial LVT, vinyl, carpet tile and a variety of broadlooms to meet every level of budget and specification. Visit jhscarpets.co.uk, contact them directly and get your local area manager to pop in for a cup of tea. Now sit back, enjoy the show and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You may know me as a guy who says, Deals be at, tell your mum and dad. You rented a shop, created a shop, created a <laughs> mobile showroom, and then bought everyone else's stock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, exactly what I did, yeah. Right, I'm all ready. Let's go, follow me up. Right. Right, welcome, Ian, to the UK Flying Podcast. First question, but putting the business to one side. Who is Ian Liston? Oh, that was a good one. Uh, I am a million mile an hour kind of guy, to be honest with you. That's who I am. Um, didn't like school. Left very, very young. Um, and basically, what makes what ticks my boxes is I like I do like cars. We've had this chat. Yeah. I like cars. Uh, I just want to sort of keep busy and enjoy life, really. It's, and pretty much who I am. And how did you get into flooring and how long you've been in the flooring game? Well, um, so long and the short of it was I was a naughty boy at school. Uh, people would say naughty, now you'd say ADHD. Um, but I left about 13 years old, just didn't like it. My mum and dad's best friend's son was a floor layer. Started doing a Wednesday, Wednesday evening with him, then a Saturday. And then basically started punking off school, working along and along with him. By the time I was 16, I became uh, sort of qualified to someone who would be when they were, you know, 19, 20. And then it just took off from there. So, what am I now? 40, 40 now? Yeah. It's 27 years. Yeah. So, so, you've been in this, we're, for all the listeners, we're in the shop, we're live and direct from uh, Borough Flooring and Home. Um, how did you get here? And where where did it initially start? So you outfitting first, and then how did that develop? Oh, right. So basically, I worked for... Sorry, guys, if you're all listening. When I left and went on my own, I worked for the the, the wonderful carpet, right? Um, and what happened was I was trained by someone really, really good. So when I first started, it was Axminister mm-hmm. Wilton's. I can, I can sew adjoining copy decks. I've even got... People won't see it, but you will see my original scar in there where I used to sit there and sew it. Um, and basically in the shop I worked in, in Costa del Watford, um, I found that I was getting all the double stairs, all the inverted ball noses, all the hard work and the not so good fitters were getting the, the rooms. Yeah. And what I suddenly, I, I made a point of saying, this is not really fair. And they basically said to me one day, well, if you don't like it, open your own shop. That's exactly what it said to me. And I remember thinking, I will. Right. So I started in a, a went into a little pop-up market in Watford and it was a container. Right. Yeah, these little open containers, you know? And basically, I I got this container. I think it's like £100 a week. And the footfall wasn't great. Next to me was like a, a fishmonger. It was all that called a guy selling sunglasses, guy selling hats, you know, fake Louis Vuitton bags, you know what <laughs> I mean? Um, probably why I'm a bit of a wheeler and dealer. Um, but I, I ended up putting a Perspex window on, making it look like a shop and just built a little shop in a container. Right. Then we, I did a lot of contract work in London, and that took a lot of my time up. So between that and the shop, it was, it was sort of, really, really busy. Didn't know what I was working for. 
well, I did. I wanted this big house. You know, we've all got that dreams. I want this, that, ever. And then my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, sort of said to me, is this what we want? Like, you're, you know, up, getting up at five in the morning, coming home at 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, well, yeah, I want to get us this, that, the other. And suddenly she moved. She said, let's just move. My sister lives in Braintree, which we've yeah, been to Afstead. Yes, we stayed, she lives there. And it just directs us to Essex. And we sort of literally went online, right move. My sister out just pinged the house over it. And the God's honest truth, it was the first house we saw, fell in love with it, bought it, moved to Malden get fish and chips down one day, realised there wasn't a carpet shop on the high street. Well, so I thought. Yeah. Didn't see a carpet shop on the high street. Um, and we started looking around and behind me, which you can see, no one else can see, is a shop over the road there, the deli. Deli, yeah. That was my first shop. Right. Um, and basically it was a little shop, got that, and COVID hit, which knocked it for everybody, I think. Um, so I decided, what, what do I do? What do I do? This shop came up empty for a soul and we were in in the at the time we were buying that shop right so i'm a man of my word so i stuck to it and we end up buying that shop but moving in here right so we read that to them over there we've got this lovely which you can see it's a very nice size shop yeah which that covers what it did then was it helped us i renovated this lockdown and i've got the most people will know it i've got the volkswagen bus shop on wheels yeah you've seen we converted that from a dial ride bus so when i built that in lockdown i realized that at the start, I was going around selling carpets, which then led us to not being able to order them, which I, 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 you, I know you mentioned to me, you did the same with a van, but it was all good showing carpets, but if we didn't have any stock, there was no lorry drivers on the road for carpets. Yeah. So then we had to, I, I, I had to work out the box and I was like, what do we do? So I went around contacting carpet shops, seeing if anyone had any roles they wanted to sell. Cause most carpet shops just shut down yeah, yeah. and stopped it, which... But you, there was loopholes and ways to work around it. Yeah. I mean, we we were really lucky. We worked for a massive company called Bulk Powders, you know, the protein. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they contracted me in, in lockdown. And because they were doing something with uh, shakes for hospitals, it made us key workers on that, but also helped me to try and find what I can do to keep the business going. Yeah. So then I bought, a, I went on eBay and bought a 1500 pound Luton. <laughs> I went round whilst we were out measure, measuring in the daytime. At nighttime, I was driving around all the country with social distancing, buying rolls of carpet shops. Right. Just buying it. So they were getting rid of their stock, but I was buying it for nothing. Yeah. They were just like, no one knew it was going to happen, but I thought- all cash in the bank. Yeah. It was, yeah. And yeah. I think you might know yourself, it either made, COVID, it's sad, it made, made or broke people. Yeah. But you had to really think out of the box. And I thought, this is going to make us. Yeah. Which then is now what's moved my company forward to stocking, you yeah. know, which, which I, I've shown you about stocking yeah. flooring, I think the only way to survive now. So, so in lockdown, you rented a shop, created a shop, created a mobile showroom, and then bought everyone else's stock. Yeah, long story short, exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, so, how does it look now? And explain. As I'm, I'm a car man, so explain the fleet because every morning you're in a different vehicle with Borough written on the side. So, explain the vehicles we've got in the fleet right now. So I'll make it simple why I do the fleet. I feel that you need to have minimum outgoings to keep your business afloat. You do not need, and, and listen, I respect everyone who's got them. You don't need a brand new transit. Turn it up with your, I don't, I, I mean, I've never done financial loans, so I couldn't say, but someone was telling me 500 quid a month they were paying for, yeah, for a transit. At least. Yeah. 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 40 or 50 grand for a nice transit. And, uh, and, you know, and you know what? They're great to look at. 
but you're sitting inside behind the seat, it's still a transit. Yeah. You're not looking at it when it drives past. And it's like the old joke with the plumbers, isn't it? You know, you can always tell plumbers, Rich, has got a Volkswagen transport of alloy wheels. Says me, who's got the bus with alloys. <laughs> but um, I decided that I needed vehicles, but I didn't I didn't want to outspend. So the first thing I had was little smart cars. Right. So we got a couple of smart cars. Bought them auction cheap. One of my smart cars, I'm telling you now, it's a 2009 plate. I've had it for sub 10 years. It's a 0.8cc diesel. It has done 189,000 miles. I've stopped servicing it because I want it to blow up because I'm going to put a Hibusa lump in that thing. <laughs> Keep me siren and borough because do you know what it is well is my vehicles are for gimmick as well. I need people not to forget us. No one, you'll look at a transit go, nice transit, wouldn't you? You will never look at the sign writing. You just look at the wheels. We always look at it and go, oh, that's the RS model. That's what I do. I don't know if it especially being a car man, like yourself, yeah. a car man. You don't read the sign line. You look at what the vehicle is. So the smart car, we made a gimmick. It used to have a little key sticker on the top, so it looked like a wind-up toy. And I noticed that's what people, people were looking, laughing, taking pictures. And listen, I don't mind being the joke, because you know what? It pays the bills. Yeah. So then I moved on and I bought a mini Clubman. Yeah. I bought this little mini Clubman. I had a local company match the colour of the car. I turned it, took the seats out, turned the side, wrapped it, put a little roof rack, and it now looks like a van. Yeah. I thought it was really smart going, oh, it should be called a mini club van. Turns out they actually make this model. <laughs> I thought I'd invented it. Um, that seems to be a thing I do in my life. I think I'm the first one invented it. I bought that. That really took off. People started looking at it. Um, and then, okay, Borough again was is becoming a successful business. You have to, you've got to spend out. If you're if you're a limited company, you all know about corporation tax. Yeah. None of us want to pay it. Yeah. So near the end of the year, you got to find out what you can do to make it right. So I then bought that nineteen. It's a nineteen fifty nine Morris van, the one that looks like it looks like a little Kellogg's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. blue one. Yeah, blue one. Yeah, yeah the blue one. Um, I'm sure people will probably start looking on my Instagram <laughs> to see what we're on about. But I bought a little blue one, had it signed, and it was great for me for shows. Plus, again, really cool to drive, tax free, MOT free, because I've got fleet insurance. Cost me nothing to put on. The Mini's twenty pound a year to insure uh, tax. The uh, smart car is uh, free because of what it is. So I was thinking this is good, and because I've got them as pool company pool cars, everyone can jump into. Them. Recently, we got another employee coming in, which is my brother-in-law. I was like, he's from London. I thought, what could be in more fitting? So I bought him the London taxi, <laughs> uh, the fake taxi. <laughs> everyone will know what I'm on about. Uh, we bought bought that. So I read it. People love it. Uh, you know. The bus, the one yeah. you see, that was a, a Volkswagen dialer ride bus from London. Bought that in lockdown for pennies. Because it services disabled people as well, I've got the ramp in it. So customers, elderly can come on board. Again, free road tax because I made sure, had it conveyed, right? Um, it's a walk-on walk on shop. Um, trying to think what else we have. I've got my famous, which you probably don't see in my story, my famous pedal bike. That I don't know if you saw it going up Market Hill. Had a bit of a joke with the council. People put signs up on um, like uh, what's it called? Street lights. Yeah, they get cut down, don't they? I bought a pedal bike, put a little bit in the middle, and we thought we'd sell it last six years. That's been there, people, and the council like it. We clean it. Everyone knows it now as a sacred piece. Will I? Will I be doing more motors? Definitely, <laughs> definitely. If I can get an excuse to do it, I will be one hundred percent. I've got something in the pot. I'm building to have a little black little van, a vintage one. Right. Um, I might turn it into a little pickup and we did look at and it might happen or might not but last week when I looked at a tuk-tuk right for my brother-in-law because my warehouse is so far f from my shop it's a 30 minute trip right okay um it's costing us 60 quid a week in diesel again I need to cut the costs we worked out and he he's up for a laugh like me he'll do 40 miles an hour in it 
we worked out that will cut the cost down to about 15 quid a week. So do you take them out just on different days? Do you do it like, or what, what they used for? Like with all so many. Oh yeah. Well, so the mini, uh, the mini is a, a mini showroom that will go out with maybe Luke or my wife. We use it. Some we use it to quickly show samples. The bus is driven by Luke, the estimator. He's out every day in that. Curtis is in a taxi. Now that taxi is really good because he goes down to the warehouse, but also we sell to other shops. So we've got a big, obviously I've got, I forgot, I've got a big curtain side loot. And because obviously it took off so well with the little loot, I bought a new one. It's good for us for, because we, again, sell to flooring companies. We do, and we do, uh, we'll just drop to them with the curtain side. But sometimes we might get an order of four boxes of my Borough Bijou LVT. So again, the taxi, because it's so big in the back, you can actually fit a two and a half, we can fit a two meter vinyl in it. You can fit um, all LVTs in it. You can load it up. It's weight bearing. So Curtis drives that one around. I pretty much will walk out and see what one I've got on the day. The blue van, I just drive for fun. Uh, I couldn't, I probably couldn't, I may be able to bring a sticker gripper in that. But I reckon if I went up the hill where I live in Malden, I don't, I think that sticker gripper would have to be put out of the side just so I can get a little rope. Well, 0.8cc, 0.60 in 4.2 years, that does. (laughs) I love it. So with you having, let's say, one and a half mobile showrooms and a shop since COVID, what's the ratio that you see clients and are you finding the markets changed? People come into a bricks and mortar shop or you deploying one of the vehicles out just to go to the home and and show people carpet. How does that work with you as a business? Because it's, it's two very diverse. Having a shop is the, is the best thing because I am the local high street company. I, I only moved here five years ago. And uh, in Malden, people are really, really nice. The whole joke, they hate people from London. Oh, I've got another London to move in. Me being here five years, lived in London. I found, I say it, I've got another London to move in. But having a shop on the high street for me... You need that in village life. Uh, I mean, we, I don't know if you saw my story, but this year we won the, uh, we got the Pride of Malden, it's like the Key of Malden thing, business of the year. Out of all the businesses, we won it. Yeah. I didn't even know we had a chance because I thought I'm not local. But when you go to people's house in the mobile showroom, it's, and I feel for guys, this is the thing I do feel, and that's, again, I will lead on to, now in the van, I'm all for it. You know what I mean? We've all got to make our money. And I feel the struggle for them it's hard because people don't know where, if there's a problem, some customers go, oh, I don't know how to get back to them. But then the shop would say on the other side, well, my overheads, it's not fair because, you know, different different rates. But, you know, there's no competition. You People buy into you, you know. And I find now Instagram gets me all my work for the mobile shop. Right. Uh, the walk-ins in our shop are about exactly the same. So we probably would split our business 50-50, you know. Um I don't, I think if you have a shop or a van, if you are sellable and also if you know what you're doing and you're a conscious, caring person, you know, like you said, once you build your name, the rest follows, isn't it? If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Saying. Like what, what did you find with your, I know I'm going back to you asking you questions now, but what did you find with your, when you built, had your van before COVID, how did you? I think the key thing um, is de-branding. Um, and, but the thing that I cut out was people will come to the shop and then look at samples and then you would need to send a vehicle out with the same samples you looked at in the shop. So you're cutting out the overhead of the shop um, and the wasting of the time because they're still going to, you still need to go out to the house to do the, to the, to do the estimate. So even though you've got a base, but then again, my shop wasn't on the high street, so it was still off the beaten track a little bit, but it got rid of that overhead. So it was the case of, and the other thing that I found was also 
home life balance to a point because the shop needs to be open nine to five in theory unless you do hybrid hours. And with a mobile van, you decide when it goes out. So if you want to go and do a measure at eight o'clock on a Sunday night, that's up to you. If you put a shop, you are tied to it being open, which has its pros and its cons. Agree, yeah. Yeah. Go that. So then that it's always, oh, I want to see it in a house. Well, we'll send the van out. You know, and it, the bigger the sample, the bigger the sort of experience. Yeah, so, that's why I built that that showroom I've got. If like I say, if you, you'll see you've seen it. I don't. Ha- I have big samples, uh, and I agree. And also selling right to the customer because if you quick do a quick sale in the shop, it can bite you because they'll get to their house. That's not what I ordered, and you'll be like it is, and then they bring the swatch back into the shop. And 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 the sad thing is, even though you're right as a shop, and they bring in, they go, oh, you've actually got a disappointed customer. Yeah. Even though they know they've selected wrong, you've led them into that. I think sometimes. So I do agree with you. Like, like the reason. Again, the key reason why I have this shop is, as we spoke earlier, I don't have overheads, really. Mm. Uh, it's a bit different. I've built my business on that. Yeah. You've so, got, you've got, you've got the deli substituting you. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In theory, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I thought the old shop, the other shop I had, yeah. uh, it is substituting it. Again, it's the same as my, I'm very, very blessed as in the choices I've chosen have helped me. So again, my warehouse, um, I've got, I stopped 200, 200 plus rolls of carpet. I would say about 20,000 square meters of LBT. You know, you, you name it, we've got it because I own that building. Uh, and again, I bought this site with, it was a rundown farm, not far from it because I bought it cleverly. I, I, uh, obviously stretching yourself is to, to build your business. You've got to stretch yourself. But I do not want to do, I've never wanted to do a loan or fire. I'm old school. I've been taught old school. My dad was very old school. He wasn't in flooring, but he's very old school. He's an accountant, so mm-hmm. you can see why. Um, so when I bought that site, that was me broke. I didn't get a loan, I, but I got a good deal on it at auction because you had to buy it outright. But what I did do, is I bought with a friend of mine. We set a new business there. So we've built all the units and we rent all the other units on site. And the thing about it is, is not only do they now give me another free premises of the biggest warehouse in the area? They also give me money. Yeah. So the side hustle, in a sense, actually has become a, a, a really good stream of income to work with the carpet. So it helps me invest back into flooring um, and importing, you know? Now, it's funny you say that. I mean, I'm, I won't deep dive too much, but that biggest fundamental mistake I ever made in business was build up about five years worth of reserves of cash. So I was no finance, anything like that. And then I reinvest. I had the option of buying some property um, out of flooring or opening a super duper high spec um, retail store, 400 square meters. Uh-huh. And I was like, which one? And I think, well, the retail store, the ego, the, this is going to be the real thing. This is going to be the biggest wood flooring showroom in the country, my ego was telling me. And the mistake I made was close my existing successful um wood flooring shop and reopen this supersize one where if I'd invested it into a, a, a deli or something that was outside of the industry, I think, and had an income from that, which subsidized it. Yeah. And so it's funny you say that because I admit, I think that was 2016 I made that decision, but I'll live by a great learning, great learning experience. Yeah. Uh, Where you are now, because yes. it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Oh, million percent. That, it, that's the. It's an expensive lesson, but 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 you know what? It's a valuable lesson, and I and I agree. It, ego, 
See, things. Yeah, he goes. He goes. I've got no interest anymore. Look, I get. I get. You either love me or hate me. I get pretty much. You know, I've got a lot of haters out there. Is what it is. It's true. Advertise. Hey, do you know what it is? And I, 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 I can't remember I heard this once, and I, and I say it to a lot of people now. I always say, like, unless you sit down and eat dinner on my table, your opinion don't bother me. No. And do you know what? That opinions are like, bip, bip, everyone's got one, as they say. But it's like with you saying that. I mean, yeah, yeah. if I was giving anyone advice, and we're, we're, all, we're all learning, but like you say is, what you could have done is if you said, if you travelled the other route, what would have happened is that other stream of income would have built up and then given you your big shop as well, yeah. which is, you probably can agree with me, that's where it would have happened. And that's what I do, trying to stream it all in. Um, I, I run, I've got, I'm involved in three other businesses. I do it because I love it. Um, I try and help out a lot of people. I, I, I recently, I, I'm doing a bit of night school stuff. I'm trying to learn, learn about mentoring and um, consultancy, helping people grow a business or where it goes wrong. And the first key thing I'll say to anyone is, is people lose their business over lack of money. Yeah. Not, Not knowing the numbers. Yeah. And, uh, people, and people live on turnover. Like they say, uh, turnover vanity, isn't it? Profit sanity. Mm -hmm. I know people, and, and I would say this to people, if you're going to go out and you want to, Say you're a young and up-and-coming lad and you want to go out and you want to go and get yourself on the road selling flooring. You've just learned as a fitter and your bloke you work for had this lovely new van. Don't try and compete with that person. Go out, buy yourself a thousand-pound van. Yeah. It's the success story people like. If you turned up on my house in this van, they go, like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty new. If you're a businessman, you'll go fair play to him. If you're, if you're shrewd, you'll go, right, we're going to get a better deal here because he's new. We can try and, you know, squeeze the price. His quality of work's what will show. And I would say that the same as when everyone goes out and gets these brand new vans. They tie themselves up for 700 quid a month, 500 quid a month, whatever. That's the price of a shop sometimes. You tie yourself up for that. Tying yourself up for me again, you look at that van. Do you know what that van is to me? That's turnover. That's vanity. Yeah, yeah. There's no profit in that van. There's no sanity. Yeah. And I think if you could run your business like that, you'll never fail. Well, that, that comes on to quite an interesting subject with um, knowing, knowing your numbers. Um I see all the time on Facebook and other groups, someone will say, how much to fit LVT? And it's like, so what, you know, down here or up in up in the north, it's like, it's 25, it's 35. But they're like, well, that sounds right. And it's like, where did you get that number from? What's your opinion on metre squared rates? What I mean by that is £35 a metre to fit X or figuring out what the burn rate of your business is and then putting a profit on that. How What's your secret to making sure your bottom line is protected without giving too much away? I run my business quite different. My fitters, I want five-star service. Obviously, I started as a fitter, and that's what I did. I just built myself out of it when it's estimated. I'm out of it now. I pretty much just oversee everything. When I was fitting, my biggest gripe was I loved what I did. But when you and Nabin, a company, would take price a job up that what I deserved without trying to talk figures to the point. Yeah. Price job what I deserved. And then I'd see that on the paperwork. Then I'd have to build the firm I worked for, whatever. And I got three quarters of that. Yeah. After a while, I'm, you can't help it. You want to keep trying your best, but some days you go, I'll just give three quarters of my best. <laughs> so what we do as a business now is I will go out and price. And like Luke, who's, who's my estimate, we all know fitting. We're, we're hands on men. So I'll go out and price a job. Now, a square meter is just square meter. But if I walk in and that, you go, you know, I've got a 12 by 12 room or, you know, four by four, depends which way you work in some room. Um, and I price it your, your standard square meters. There's always a minimum charge, but your standard square meter. If I walk in and it's a hallway running into 
a downstairs ensuite, small office, that lot. You, you know, you've got a price to your mad. Not you don't do day rate. You've got a price and meterage because you want to get your staff to give your subcontractors, my fit as a subcontractor, to give that customer the final best experience because you're the first part. Yeah, they're the last. If you don't work well together, it doesn't work. Now, what I do is to win business, and I'll I'll, I'll be open about this. I let my we price a job. We give the price, a bit like the big customer, uh, big companies do, to the customer of what you pay to fit a direct on completion. Now, I fit as straight as anything. Customer pays them by backs transfer and they invoice them. What that also does for me is it makes my quotes really, really good price because I haven't got to put that on the labour. I don't want a penny off my fitters. I want to work alongside them. Yeah. Which then leads me to keeping my fitters, you know. We, you know, obviously you have some good, you have some bad. You only learn as you go along, but now I think I've got all the good ones. And then the more fitters you get, the more work that goes out. But it's keeping the price key so and work with a fit. Because all you're going to do is if you keep trying to, like you say, people go, that seems a good rate, this seems a good rate. That can seem a good rate, but if it isn't a good rate, you, you've got fitters. How long will they last working for you if you're underpaying them? Yeah, not very long. Yeah, Not no. long at all. No. And then you'll find the other way. When you overpay them, they become a diva, don't they? You go, mate, I've got a job. Here. Oh, I ain't doing that toilet. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. See, yeah. So I think you can, there is a, a, a flat rate across the board. Um, I don't know how, with most companies, you know, you'll get a straight lady, it might be 12 quid a square meter, 45, 14 quid, herringbones, 15 to 20. Some people go, oh, I'll get 25. Get That's fine. You know what I mean? It's it, Each area is different, you know? But also some companies do that price, but then by the time you add on your toilet of, a minimum charge of 80 on top of the meterage going into hall. You know, I think a decent fitter could, um, a decent fitter just should be three, like 300 to 400 a day, a lot of fitters, yeah, yeah. if you're good. I mean, I like, the more intricate the better. You'll see on my stuff, we do some really cool, we've done recently with a curved border in that round build, like this old Vitus fit. You know, that there, I had to bring the fitter with me because I knew what I wanted. That there is worth the three trips with the customer and say, look, this is what he wants, but you're going to get, you know, you can't put a price on it. Yeah, that's right. So all of the fit, again, that'll dive into much. So all the fitting goes to the fitters. Is that yeah? Yeah, I'm saying, I need to make money with, with you. Turn my voice out, not out of you. Because if you do that, you actually make more money in the long run. So let's jump on to Bijou, um, yeah. which is to the uh, left of us. Um, explain to you why you've brought your own LVT range when there's so many wonderful manufacturers that could have done it. <laughs> I like how you did that there. I like how you, there's some wonderful manufacturers. What goes before B, the letter A? <laughs> um, what happened is oh, there's a big brand out there. Um, won't mention the name, but they, you, you can have it in any shops and you can buy off distributors. You know, we'll, we'll all know that brand. Uh, so, and what I found was I was selling, I had a big stand of theirs in my shop uh, and, and you'll see it on my old post. But I was having customers coming in, looking at it. I can see it online for this. And, they, and, and online was selling it. Say you're selling an LVT for £40 a square metre and you're, you're buying it for £18.99 plus fat. And people were having it, sending me this, going, well, look, I can buy it online. Can you fit it? And I'd look and it's £20.99 plus fat. And you'd find in, sorry to say, there'd be a company up north who just bulk buy, stock it. And what makes life I say to customers? I can't give you a warranty on it. I don't know if it's, if it's stacked right, sitting in the right temperature place. It could be in, you know, Dave's shed in the garden. And I started getting humped with it because I thought, you know what, I, I can't, I can't run on this. I can't live in it. No. Then I did get in polyfloor, which I thought was a good bread and butter, 0.3 mil, good enough yeah. uh, to 
go against and telling people, look, it's not, it is what it is. We then went across the board and I remember one day going, do you know what? I think I'm going to rebrand that one. So I rebranded it, but then I thought, I'm still got an itch for this. So I decided that um, I wanted to pursue it further. So I got in contact. This was in lockdown, actually. Got in contact. Before you know, I got some Chinese guy called Dave, you know, they've all got it. <laughs> and they suddenly WhatsApping you. That led back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So we ended up in a place called, I might get this wrong, Ningpu in China is. And it turns out some of the biggest names in the industry, one of them emits it, but they buy it in China. Yeah, yeah. Some right. say, don't. Very clever wording. We're not going to go down that route, but you know what I'm on about. Huh. And I think anyone in the flooring industry knows exactly what I'm on about. Um, and I I found a guy who I know in this area who had uh, an English guy living out in China. What his job is, he goes around factories in any anything. It could be clothing, it could be anything. And he'll okay it, let you know, find out. So we sent him to his factories and we were astonished at the quality, you know? So I decided, let's do it. Um, so I, I got all my boxes made up. Barabiju was born. We spelled it. Everyone makes me go, that's not spelled right. I go, no, but it's spelled how we want it to because it just catches the word bijou. It's spelled wrong, but it's how I wanted it. It's, it's, it's a, again, like back to my vans, it's a gimmick. Yeah. It makes you not forget it. People can laugh, go, I spelled wrong. I spell, oh, I spell it. Um, but we got that made and brought over. We were really, really blessed. And I'll say more, well, I wouldn't say luck actually, because I've worked very hard in my college. Where I live in a town, you've got lovely Mrs. Hint, came in, wanted some flooring, said what she wanted, but couldn't find, get the right colours, which I brought out. And I will say I'm the claim to fame of it, um, because she put on a store and it came up. Someone told me the word, she wanted grey, but she wanted a bit of beige in it. And I remember saying to my friends while she went, Ian, the word's greyish. I said, Grage, I've oh, got, so I said to Sophie Grage, Mrs. Hinge, we put some colours together, which you can see on the wall. And that was how, that was my biggest born bit. That actually would probably, I'm, I'm getting it wrong, but that was probably when I imported because that's what helped me go, I'm going to make this order. You know what I mean? So that was my main colours. So when you're looking at the wall, you'll see on the top right with the three colours in it. We brought it over, called it Grage. She put it on a story and said the word Grage. She's followed by, I think, five million people. Overnight, paint come out Grage. I think two of the biggest brands now have the word Grage on their LBT. If you look at an LBT next time, you'll see Grage. And that's because of Sophie. But yeah. I put it in her head. And then that helped Bijou. Just, I, she put, had this from Borough Bijou. We, she, and the thing as well is, and I'll tell you anyone, uh, and no matter what, I will never work free, I'm afraid, for an influencer because likes don't pay my mortgage. Hmm. You can if you want to, and good luck. If it helps your business, good luck. I didn't ask her for a shout out. And I think people notice that. You can see a genuine shout out. You can see one where it's like you've paid to be shouted out of an ad. Uh, anyone who does follow me, and if you are going to follow, you'll see that I act a joke. And, you know, I've got on my stories there, Miss Hinch cleaning my bus out yeah. because it was just a laugh. Yeah. Just people by people. But she did that shout out. And that said, my LVT overnight. Then I jumped in the company in Holland produced our own one and the reason is is now so so one thing i will say about our product and my lvt is we've got a not 55 mil lvt you stand across the board 2.5 mil feet my main one of what i want in mind was the eir so you've got the embroidered embossed registered top so when you look down my lvt when you see a wood and a knot you see the shape people know i'm talking about some of the biggest brands don't do that anymore because it cuts costs yeah yeah but and i'm now getting my bijou into shops I'm here to make money, 
but with again, like I'm fitters with people, our industry is a struggling industry because we're against the internet. And again, I sell on the internet. Everyone's got different, like you say, where you live, where we all live. Price are different. And I get it. Do you know what? I'd love to live where I live now. I'd love it. That I, I, I mean, I've got my own beds, but I won't devalue the price of my products. So I could sell it for peanuts online yeah. and make more, but I won't do that because I don't need to. But I understand that there's so many different ways. But if you work together, yeah. all of us, you'll, you'll, you'll absolutely smash it. Yeah. Um, and the big brands aren't helping, are they? No, 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 it's that. So if you were to open another shop or rewind... 10 years is um de-branded own for own brand products the way forward in your opinion 110 percent i'm talking to you what i think you do you're 110 percent i mean i i'm watching we were talking about this how i struggled to have time to watch instagram i'm very honest yeah. about but watch i obviously knew you were coming we've never met before no, no. i see but watching i thought i've got to have a snoop you know what i mean and what you're doing i think's bang on I think it's anyone who's listening to this and you're starting out, you, you get in touch with people yeah. like you and me. It's just helping each other is a much faster way of doing it than on your own. You will grow, yeah. And shop owners or contractors, the flooring industry we found is a fucking lonely place because what you do is you acquire a sale, you do your job, you get paid, and you move on. So, not like working in an office or working in a community where you're seeing the same humans every day. You were seeing someone for a short period of time, unless you staff, obviously, in a shop. But in general, you're with the same people. But if you've got other specialists around you that can help you and support you, it's a lot faster. T teamwork you know? makes dream work. Yeah. It, it, you're, you're totally right. It's, it, it's, it's the backup plan. It's the, do you know, and I find this, I, I'm a big, we talk people have mental health and people have issues. And it's the same probably, I find, you, you probably get someone calling you going, I've got this job, but it might be just a nightmare customer. You'll talk it through them. And just that conversation you know, yeah. that could stop a sleepless night. Well, that's, we had one on uh, one of our groups the other day, um, someone from down here, actually, London, and let he booked the job in uh, to do this wood floor job, and the client messaged him out of the blue and said, uh, oh, the, the plaster is going to run over, and we we can't have you in until Thursday. He's like, oh, I've got no work next week. I've got no income coming in next week. So he put it into our, our group, and I simply said, just tell him, absolutely no problem at all, completely understand. But our next available installation date is November. I know that's not going to be a good fit for the client. No, yeah. Suddenly, the plasterer... Yeah, yeah. Is, is working. Is <laughs> Suddenly, he's working Saturday, 12-hour shift, and it'll be ready for Monday morning. Coats. But yeah. he just replied to the message, no problem, and then sat at home with his legs crossed, thinking, I've got no income. But it was a simple putting a question to community-based group with no, no judgment. Just think outside the box. Just give them the next absolute worst case fitting date. Don't squeeze them in the week after. Don't move your day around. It's their responsibility to yeah. you. I asked them, have you taken the deposit? Yes, I have. Have you booked it in and writing? Yes, I have. Right. Well, what, what, when else do you want? And just a simple intervention of, no problem, I'll book you back in when we've got a space. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. very, make yourself look busier and, and, and sort of the customer. But then again, that's why I think it's imperative that people try and join your groups, try and join these groups. You know, what's the worst going to happen? You're not going to like it and then leave. But what you'll find is as well is good people are attracted to good people. The secret to success is if you want to be an alcoholic, what do you do? Go hang around with alcoholics in a pub. If you want to be a successful businessman, hang around with a successful businessman. If you want to just be a success, you know, and, and you'll find there's two ways to get a cat. You can do it right and do it nice. You don't have to be mean and shrewd. And I guarantee you, your grooves, 
you probably won't have one mean, shrewd person. No, no, no. You've got good, nice people. And it's the same with us. You, you've, you've seen my Instagram. I call out all flooring shops and say, look, talk to me. Come on, eat me up. Because I, again, I can see who watches. We're watched a lot. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I make the fall out of myself. I have a laugh. Because, but do you know what? I can afford to because I know my quality I actually give when it, you know, comes down to the cut. I know what level we're at. Yeah. Um, I think with anyone, it, it definitely, definitely, even, you know, like, Old school have a stigma. The old school shops, you've got the older generation. I'm on about flooring owners who are in their 70s still because they don't want to retire. They're scared. They'll buy. We all know that. Social media doesn't work to crew. That, exactly. <laughs> what they'll find as well, they'll they'll slate a man in a van. So it makes everyone think, so blokes in a van will think, they will drive past every shop. Like, if you look at my shop, it looks like I've been here 100 years. But I designed that to meet the town and meet the needs to make it look old. I wanted it to look old. You look at my shop window, I've got, you know, obviously we don't just sell flooring. I've got all the curtains. Uh, Binoculars are. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a lamp. Yeah, we've, we've got the guy, you know, the guy off the um, program, he does the, um, makes the lamps out of old stuff. That's what he does for me in my shops. If you look there, it's all different lamps. Oh, yeah. It draws your eye. People don't want to see a carpet sample. So you've got an odd carpet sample, wallpaper, curtains. You see our sofa through the window. People yeah. buy into that. But I'm sure blokes will drive past my shop and think there's a 70 year old man sitting behind this chair. Not <laughs> me, 40 year old gives another. And, and I say to anyone, if you're a man van and you want to pop in, I, I touched on it earlier with you before this was when we said about when I was in London, if you wouldn't stick a grip art, you rang up and have a shop or an underlay. You, you, you know, bring back the old fashioned ways to a point and actually all help each other. Because do you know what? If It's like me. I always say it's better to, I'd rather have 50% of something than 100% of nothing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, 100%. So for the ones, for the people that are using social media and thinking they should, what would be your three top tips for social media in a flying business? Okay, so I always say this one to my staff and they laugh about that. Don't work with, uh, the main thing is don't work with uh, a think and thought. Fact and finish is what I tell everyone. Meaning, make sure if you open Instagram, if you're a good floor lad and you know it, don't worry about anyone else's things. Get that recording. Show people your workmanship. Learn about your products as well, number two. Get your products out there, what you want to sell. Show them up there, but learn about them. Don't be on like, hi, yeah, this is a bit of carpet. It's um, it's fourteen ninety nine. You know, it, you know, like me, I do that as a bit of a bit. You go, hi, guys, this is a polypropylene carpet. Exactly the same as a Korma range. I'm t- have a look at this carpet. This could be the best deal for you, blah, blah. Learn that. And number three, like, be yourself. If, you, if you're, if you you know, if you're just nervous, I'm a one-trick pony, my, video, my videos. I'm, I'm not nervous. I don't, I don't care. Like, <laughs> but I don't stage it. It's a bit... If you've if you've watched mine, there's nothing on stage. You can see I take the mick out of everybody. I go, be yourself 100. percent Follow your own journey. You know it is good to look at Abbott. So I've learned this recently. It's good to look at Abbott shops and see what they're doing. Not like a not in a, in a good way to go. Oh, that's quite a good tip. And if you want to learn from that, I would do that. But definitely, I mean, if you're not on social media, you're, you're totally missing out. It's the new. It's the social media is the new high street. Yeah, absolutely. Um. A standard podcast question, but what is the best and the worst bit of advice you've received? And can you remember who it was from? Oh, I'm going to start with the difficult questions. They're coming thick and fast now. Best advice I ever received was, and I'm trying to work out, it was, um, oh, I worked for, I worked with a floor layer who taught me, and I wanted to stay with him, and he offered me, uh, you know, I'll give you our business. Best advice I received was, I was, to, I was 18, and uh, it was one of my mags 18. Um, I remember he just said to me, he's like, listen, mate, he said, uh, he's all right, he is. He's old. You're young. You're nuts. Go on your own and watch what happens. You'll take over the world. 
And we we had that thing that pink in the brain, you know, same thing we do every day, brain, take over the world. And that was the best advice just about me going on my own because I don't, I, I, like, basically, I didn't need a business partner. Never will, never did. And he said, just go on your own and smash it. Worst bit of advice, no, really, because if, if it was bad, I'd probably blocked it out. I'm trying to think. Oh, but, oh do you know what? Uh, when I was in Watford, I wanted to move, I moved to Essex. Someone said, oh, you know, you need to, you, you, you don't want to move onto an old high street. You need to stay big. And someone said to me, what you want to do is open, and it's a trick, open a superstore because you'll want to smash it. And I remember thinking, I said, I haven't got enough, I've not got enough staff. I wouldn't have enough staff. A lot of fitters. And they were, uh, and I remember this guy, Martin, his name was an, he was an old school bloke. I was taking work off of him. He was, he was getting old. So he was giving me the work. Just wanted to drink out of it. You know what I mean? Every time I talk, come in, we invoice, invoice us. But he said to me, yeah, just go, go out, get, get this thing. Trust me. And I said, well, what, how'd you get stuck? They'll just come. And I remember thinking that will never happen because what you'll be doing is so at the time, you'll be so obsessed with the, how the overheads are, you'll become, you can have the biggest superstore in the world, but you'll find that you, you'll be the estimator, like you do as a little shop, but just with more overheads. You'll be the estimator, the carpet fitter, the shop salesperson. The shop will be closed because you're going out measuring. You'll try and get a staff member. You'll never get it to grow. I mean, I don't know how, what happened with your store. Is that? I closed it. Yeah, closed. Yeah. So I bought. Best thing I ever did. I was, we still got a flying business now. Um, just too big. Um, it swallowed us. Um, but for the two years that we opened, very profitable, etc. But then 2018, the dip, too much overheads, mm. planned it in nine months. So, but best learning experience because this business yeah, came out the back of it, um, and we still have that business now. Uh, just not as not as big, but uh, but if we'd kept it that small, Bijou type of shop, um, it was yeah. you know, uh, that would be the main you know that that would have been the the instrumental thing. So, would that be uh, the best bit of advice you'd give someone then? Now, I think you've already covered my two best better advice would be keep it small, keep the overheads low, be memorable. So, yeah. 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 good. So, if you could employ anyone in the world to help you run the business, who would it be? I've already got her, my wife. Huh? I'm, I'm with you on that one, to be fair. I, yeah. I think, you, yeah, you know, couples, you know, like the gym one, couples who train to give a stagger. If, if you can get through work and go home and you're not killing each other, you know, well, you are, but you, you're still alive in the morning, sort of thing. I think, yeah, you know, that's why a family run business for me. Um, I probably. If I could have any a number two, who would be a number two after after the missus? Keep the marriage intact. Mm, yeah, do you know what? Because you know, I'm trying to get, I'd like my dad back. My dad passed away nine months nine months ago. I'd like my dad back. He he, my dad's that little shop over the road there. My old man come and helped me from start. He let me my first two hundred quid for a van. Yeah. Um, and my old man when I had this shop, he lived in West London. He had one of my smart cars. And uh, he used to drive up, and I thought I was doing him a favour because my parents divorced. I oh, was having dinner. He used to drive up here in a smart car, for, you know, two-hour trip, three-hour trip, yeah, and uh, come and sit in my shop. And uh, if I could have anyone, that would be I'd have. And that sounds thinking, yeah. but I'd have my dad. No, it's yeah. spot on. Yeah. Oh, well, that leads on to the next question, but I'm going to give you four because one could be your dad, so three more people. Four people, including your dad, you would like a pint with tonight in the pub Dead or Alive. My dad definitely. Yeah. One of my fit one of my mates, Peter Cookie. Uh, he helped me out in Watford. One of my best best mates uh, in the flooring game come and work for me. I trained him up. I moved out here and he still come and work for me and he was probably forty three and he passed away, just died suddenly. Uh Cookie, uh my dad Cookie. My best mate Mickey Snewin, who's up in Wales. Uh we don't get to see each other much now. 
just because, you know, he's good kids and all that lot. And my fourth person. Anyone famous? Anyone fake? Do you know what? I don't really, um, I don't, oh, here's my wife. She's here now. Hello, Jilly. We're just recording. My fourth person. I don't, do you know what? I don't really, um, I'm trying to think who I'd have. Oh, I don't know. No. I don't, the thing is, I don't really watch. My, oh, Jeremy Clarkson. I think he'd be like that. Do you know what? I'd have him just because I think he's just with cars. There's pipe in the world. Yeah, I think, yeah, just because he likes cars. Yeah, that would be me, yeah. And if you could change your profession away from flooring next week, what would you Cars, be? cars, 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 cars. I am actually, at the moment, uh, you will see on my stories, I'm driving a lot of different cars that are not siren. Um, I've, I've, we had our car stolen, which I told us about earlier, yeah. and I'm sick of working hard for some guys to turn up my drive with Ballyclavers, where my wife should have been at home that day, and they stole her car. Oh. Um, so I said, I'm not, the insurance company, insurances ain't worth the, they paid us out too little, so now I've done that whole. You know, Mike Brewer's trading up. Do you when he was doing that trading up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started doing it. We've already got the car we want now. But on the flip side, of that I got addicted by it because I've got a uh, car traders insurance. I've had it for ten years as well. Yeah, I managed to jump straight back into where the traders are. I mean, as we speak, you saw my phone earlier. I've got three cars getting delivered down to our site. I bought eight in the last couple of weeks. I love cars. I get to just drive them, no matter what it is. So I think, and I'm actually going with that journey as well alongside Burrow because I've got it running right so it definitely would be a car industry three dream cars what are they Mark 1 Escort and which should we be a bit honest then Mark 1 Escort <laughs> which I've I've got uh, I've got the 2 litre uh, rally one uh, I've got AC Cobra yeah which I've got <laughs> <laughs> um, and it would be a Lamborghini uh, which I haven't got but I had one in my life, and I couldn't fit in it right, and I had to get the steering wheel. I had to get one of the attachable steering wheels, the airbag taken out, because obviously I'm six foot four and I'm not a small bloke. Yeah, and um, it would be a Lamborghini in the door, something if I could get one again, you know. Yeah, that that would be the real thing, but a modified one to get. Yeah, it, it. it'd have to be well to get real again. Yeah, with a little speedboat seat, you can only think I'm fitting low. I like. Um, and. What is the best way you find to start your day right and motivate yourself and your team? So, as we speak, you can see I'm in my gym clothes. Uh, and if you watch the store, I'm always in see me in the best top. Get up early, five o'clock, out the door. I actually found uh, since <clears throat> since I with no, I've got a bit of ADHD. Since I think very different than everyone. Sometimes I meditate. I listen to a ten minute meditation. But every morning I go to the gym. I have my best arguments in my head at the gym when I'm lifting some weights, you know. And I think that's probably how we get fit. Since February, I've got competition with my wife. But I think since February, I've lost three stone, three pound. Right. Uh, just pushing at the gym. I would get out at the gym. Uh, we're the start staff. I actually think we're all, we're all. Well, hopefully, you can all hear me, can you? Yeah, they can hear me. Said, by the way, the staff are here in the back, and they're all hiding in the corner. Um, I think with the staff, we're all friends. So you saw when Sharon come in, I like to have a bit of fun, a bit of banter. I like to, you know, I don't like to push everyone. We're not about targets. We're, we're not about, you need to meet yourself. I think if you want to get your staff motivated, um, obviously there's a fine line between friends and it is a business. Yeah. It's just see how people are, talk to each other. Because you, you don't know what's happened the night before. No. You know what I mean? I, I, feel, I find in our industry as well with men, men are starting to talk now, but, it's a big thing when men are, you know, the stigma of like, no, no, I'm all right. It's like me, people, my wife would tell you if I called her in now, you, I'm a, I'm a six foot four sort of bodybuilding guy. If, if someone said to me, I bet you ain't, mate, I'll cry. I'll have a night of getting upset. 
I nearly got upset there talking yeah. with Dad. It ain't all swings. Everyone, it ain't all swings. It swings around about, sorry. It ain't all butterflies and daisies, you know? Yeah. You know yourself, you'll have nights. So, and very, very, be very open to people as well. So when you ask someone out, they ask you how you are. You know, obviously it depends. Is it up? Nice. Not, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. You get yeah, good. Thanks. Bye. Walk past. <laughs> but if somebody on the team, they go, how are you? And you go, how are you? And they, they open up, open up back. So I think talking's key, as we can all tell, don't shut up. I think the biggest thing is is asking for help. I ask it all the time and not enough people ask for help. And it's really surprising. As you said, you, you ask, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. You normally don't say, oh, I'm shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go to someone that you know and even care about, or even if you don't, even if it's just an acquaintance, some says, you know, Ian, can you give me a hand? Most people will not say no. They'll say, and that's what people don't understand. They'll suffer in silence about anything. And that could be cash flow, could be yeah. marketing, could be anything. And it's just like, most of the time, if you ask for help, you will receive it. And, that's, and a lot of people don't do that. So that people don't, first play, don't, you're right. We had it this weekend, uh, this on sun, Sunday, I think it was. Um, we had it where I saw a local page, someone was needed some food, three kids, mum. I just messaged them. I won't say, we just sent something over to them to help them. She messaged me, go, thanks. Then someone, she put on her next thing, a post saying, oh, someone's, I can't believe we've been helped, blah, blah. And next people are like, oh, I think it's a scam and all that lot. But actually, you'll have them keyboard warriors. But when you call someone or ask for help, like you say, people will help. Um, you'd have to be a, well, that's hope you did well help someone. <laughs> we, listen, we're all only humans trying to do best for us and our family. And actually, in the end, you're only trying to do best for your family because you love your loved ones so much, you forget about yourself. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Um, so excluding selling cars and vans and carpets and LVT, what's next? Oh, well, obviously in my shop, you can see we have now got a UK manufacturer. We make our sofas. Yeah. Uh, we do our sofas, curtains, blinds. Um, we have got some, I've had the company round. We're getting a really cool island. We're renovating the back of the shop. We're getting this really cool island bit where it, obviously it's supposed to hold champagne whole bottles of water uh having that built in uh we're going to grow a bit more on that uh we have got our online portal uh my bijou is going into other stores so i've just got my first couple of stores uh which i'm really excited about we've gone and done displays we'll keep it small keep it local um i have got into uh a for me you mean what's next uh, offer uh, any oh uh, so I, i've just bought i have bought another company uh, which is uh, called Jason's. You can find him on Instagram. And we do from CAD design to manufacture to install for large shop brands. So at the moment, we just got uh, Barbara doing a 40 year anniversary. We just got theirs. We got all of um, stuff like um, yeah, Body Shop. Right. You think yeah. you Body Shop are doing a full revamp across the UK, 100 stores. This company I bought into, it's a good running company. They just needed my sort of difference in brain mm -hmm. mindset. Um, that's where I'm moving forward at the moment with them. We're, we're, um, it's really growing and growing. Louis Vuitton also gets me free holidays around the world. Right. Yeah. You know, we got, I, I'm assuming there's flooring connected to these. Well, you, so how it started <laughs> was, um, and this is, you know what, I'll tell you this now, this is how it started. People helping people. I went and worked for a job from there, a local company and we worked in Harrods. No, uh, we worked in Blue Water and we'd done, um, the Ted Baker store from, I did the flooring from. And what happened was this company didn't pay me um, right. for retail. I don't know how you were, but we get 100% of the money up front, not the fit. I make sure. Yeah. If you're invested, I'm invested. This company couldn't pay me for the um, the money for the carpet. Right. He's a nice guy. I couldn't understand why. 
went and saw them and said, what's the matter? And it turns out this company, they this one I bought into, they're on this, uh, uh, it's a factoring invoice system. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They lend you the money or something. But they wouldn't release the money until he got it. So, and he told me, and it turned out that he needed quite a bit of money. And I thought, he's going to go under it. I knew him for about four weeks. That was it. I saw it on there. I went, do you know what? I went and saw him and said, I don't need the money for carpet. I'm going to lend you this much to pay your staff for this month. Yeah. Big figure, you know. Um, I said, because I know you've got it coming in. I said, we'll do it properly on an invoice. If you don't pay me, I'll just sue you. I said, it'll be that way. But I could see he was a genuine guy, you know. Yeah. And lo and behold, I lent it to him. He did get delayed. It was about a month and a half after. But he said a month. It's about two weeks after he paid me. I, I gave him a few little tweaks of advice of what to do. And in the end, him and his wife approached me and said, look, we need your help. Do you want half my business for this much? It was too little, the money they wanted for what the value of the business was. Again, because I'm not, I'd rather percent of something than order of nothing. I'm not a nasty guy. I'm a helpful guy. I, ma I made a deal with him and said, look, I need you to put your wife on as director and I'll take one third to that money. Because then you guys as a couple will be in control yeah. to a point and have more money. And he went for it. And, and that's been going on in the background now. We're, we're in month five, but the business has gone from, you know, strength to strength. They're probably with all the subconscious, probably 25 people on the road, all up, up, not going all over the UK. We're doing, you know, Dior, Christian, it's just, just so much. I can't even, but it's fun. And then we do the flooring runs alongside it. You know what I mean? Like we've got, we've got to say the rollout of, uh, bar, of Barber. Right, yeah, fourth anniversary, because now I'm in that side of trade, which is great. I get to spec what flooring they have. Right. So the big brand who I won't—I'll touch upon what happened, why I did the Bijou, which I told you. The whole, you know, who are obsessed by their own name, yeah, and where they are, picked the wrong company really to go against, which is me, because <laughs> now out with them, in with Bijou. I got Bijou in Harrods. I got Bijou fitted in Selfridges. I mean, says it all, doesn't it? I've done. Uh, we got it in football clubs now. I think Arsenal's doing a revamp because um, they're sponsor. I'm not into football, but I've added a sponsor. Remember, I added a sponsor, whatever. They're doing a revamp. We expect Bijou in there, right? So okay. being all their all their shops and that because I got in there with the right people. And it again, it's it's not it is what you do. It's how you work business. Also, who you know, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're coming to the end of the podcast. I'm going to throw in the hardest question. And you can take this question however you wish. Um, Ian, what's holding you back? What's holding me back? Mm. Nothing's holding <laughs> me back, baby. Um, <laughs> do you know what? There is absolutely nothing holding me back. Do you know what? One thing that don't push me forward is money. People will look at money. You do it for money. Um, I live a really, really blessed life. A really blessed. Today, I, I'm I'm lucky enough to get, after this, I'm, I'm, I'm I thought I, I've got meetings later on this afternoon, but today I'm off down to uh, the seaside, take my nieces out to go on some adventure rides. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I've nothing. I've married nothing. I've married the love of my life. She's my best friend. Um, I have real good fun on my cars weekends. I've got a beautiful, beautiful home. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm, I'm really, really blessed. There's nothing holding me back. Lewis, brilliant. And where, if you don't already, where can people find you um, on social media or anywhere? Yeah, you could, yeah, pretty much find me just hanging around the street shouting out. Well, do you know how you can find me? Instagram's the way forward. So it's a borough underscore flooring underscore home. And you may know me as a guy who says, deal be out, tell your mum and dad. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn under Ian Liston. Don't actually use that because it's a little bit, I know it's good for people, but 
too corporate for me and I don't need corporate anymore. But yeah, Instagram's so if you want to see what we get up to, take a look at our page. And keep an eye on the stories. You keep an eye on the stories. And also my sing-alongs. If you uh my sing-alongs are quite funny where I pick songs that well-known songs and then sing about flooring. That's that's they're the funny ones, you know what I mean? That's the that's the best bit, yeah. So Instagram all the way. And next 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 year maybe uh, X Factor. Oh, do you know what I am doing a song with? Um, which will be soon. A guy called Jordan out of Towie. Right. That's Sophie out of Geordie Shaw. I'm there on Wednesday, but he wants to sing with me on the bus because he, he can bloody sing. So we've got a slight <laughs> problem there. Um, I am trying to see if I can get a Miss Hinch duo. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw her. Because I think, again, as well, um, Instagram, if you want to have a laugh, but also it does out with business. I don't know if you, did you see the one with me and Michelle Keegan? So, oh, actually, no, 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 running away together. Yes, I did. Yes, you said this is my new wife. New uh, wife. Yes, do you know the irony that is? She follows something like 500 people. That's all. She's followed by 8 million. I'm the only company she follows because I just went in and said, She goes, Do you want a picture? I was like, No, but we can do this because it's fun and funny. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, follow me on Instagram, people. Deals to be on team. I'm a dad. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ian. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. As you may be aware, we have built a brand new training centre here at Cochrane Co. And the opening day is on the 1st of September and we'd love to see you here. We'll be releasing more information on social media, but please book out in your diary Friday the 1st of September, 10 till 8 o'clock at night. We'll see you there. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerelandco.co.uk. That's cockerelandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is Cockrell and Co. And also, we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.